Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Marty Beard, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. For those of you that tune in on Monday, only on Monday, just because Hank Vogler is here. He never misses a week, but today he's mustering cows. And so... He's going to be here on Wednesday, sitting in the hot seat for Hank Vogler. It's none other than Marty Beard, Stewartsville, Maryland. <laughs> Why'd you get ukulele That's lessons over the That's weekend? <laughs> That's my intro music right there. Yeah, and it's... Now, I'm practicing up, uh, you know, I believe you should challenge yourself. Yeah. And... uh I've accomplished zero of my lifetime, like, major goals in life. Other you better than get on it, buddy. Yeah, so one of mine is a musical instrument, and I am tackling the ukulele, or or as we call it, ukulele. Uh-huh. Us I, players. You know, here's the deal. And by the way, in case people are, don't know Marty Beard, he's from North Dakota, not Maryland. I thought he would correct me, but, you know, I'll do it. Um. I have long wanted to learn how to play the fiddle, but I I don't understand anything about music. I don't know how to even sound like I should be singing in church. I don't know what reading a note means. I don't know about carrying a tune. I don't know a C from an E from an F. I don't, I don't know any of that. Well, even it gets a lot more confusing, you know, and I'm a great singer by myself in my own pickup. Yeah, I agree. With the music turned up real loud. <laughs> I mean, I I honestly think I sound really good. And, uh, you know, but once you turn the music down and somebody else is there, I really am pathetic at sucking uh-huh. or at uh, singing. singing. Yeah. You suck at singing. Too, but, yeah. But anyway, yeah, let's get this stuff straight. But anyway. Right. Yeah, now now they're talking, you know, I got a book on this, which is, you know, you might as well give me uh, a story problem book in algebra. I didn't do good at that either. And, you know, music is going right down that same line for me as algebra. It's it's really tough. But I will yeah. have to say, and, and not sounding braggadocious in any way, I have good. been part of a, a rap video that is currently approaching 2 million views on YouTube. Not that I'm counting, but it just happened to know mm-hmm. that it's up there. So I've been really? in a, How? yeah, down pasture road. You can find that. Peterson Brothers down put it past- together and included me. So I'm in a rap video. Well, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I've, I've, I've thought you were going to be into a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it, you know, below the table type stuff you know like right. maybe yeah. chicken fighting or something like that. <laughs> but i didn't know it was as low down and dirty as rapping i mean oh my gosh yeah when <laughs> rapping is below chicken fighting you know you're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey how's the hunting been i'll tell you what we are having one of those exceptional falls mm-hmm. where uh, you know, usually we get some snow in October, which which we did, but now it has just turned uh, unbelievably beautiful for North Dakota. We're having an Indian summer, 
It was supposed to be up to 50 degrees this week. Yeah, we are too. And, and so I'm able to keep hunting, keep hunting, and it's been good hunting. It's not r- that cold, and the coon are moving. And, uh, um, and now the coon are all prime. Some of the younger ones aren't, but, uh, you know, I don't shoot any of the little ones anyway. So, But it, it's one of those, I'd say I, you have one in every five years are, are like this. It's, I thought you were complaining because it was too dry and you didn't have enough snow and it was tough to hunt. It is, it is dry and, and it is dry. And when we have a, when we have a southeast wind or a south wind, it makes it real, real tough on them dogs to trail. But, uh, uh, we've, I've been having good luck. My dog's been doing real good and, and I got some young dogs and that are just doing super. So I'm, I'm happy. And I, from what I hear around here, we've been having people been having great luck deer hunting mm-hmm. now i'm not a deer hunter i haven't deer I, I was a big deer hunter but i just you know when i go deer hunting i'm serious and i would hunt all day and i'd get home and i'd be too tired to coon hunt and i just told myself you know what i'd rather coon hunt than deer hunt. Have so priorities. That's what I do. priorities so i, I mean yeah. i would like to spend more time hunting but i don't but when it comes to deer hunting I just don't see myself going and planting in a deer stand for six hours hoping that a buck's going to come by. That's just I just don't see myself doing that. Well, deer hunting has changed big time. You know, when I was a kid, or when I deer hunted, we were traipsing through the brush like a bunch of little soldiers. Right. And, you know, when I first started deer hunting, we would walk all the coolies to the old guys and all the draws and ravines. That, that was, and, uh, you know, if we were lucky enough to get a shot, which most of the time, of course, the the guys and would and and but i might take off and i might walk 15 miles in that river bottoms down there just stalking and sneaking and and uh um you know just creeping around the woods and trying to sneak up on a deer that was bedded but now um most people um you know and i seen that coming from minnesota i'd go over there coon hunting and and i'd be what are those houses up there on those stilts oh that's a deer stand you know, deer stand to me was something you sat in with your bow and arrow right. uh, out in the middle of the blizzard, mm-hmm. wind blowing you off of it. But now these are some elaborate deer stands, man. I give some guys credit. They got like a little home away from home. Sometimes I'd rather, you know, they have a heater in there and they've got, of course, uh, snacks. Very important for it's probably the ice fishermen that started all that nonsense. I, it, yep, they build yep. those little igloos out on the ice and they live in this, you know, well luxurious, well furnished luxurious condo and call it fishing. Yeah. Yeah. My my brother actually uh has one of those. I went with him once. Mm-hmm. He has a slight T V and he was fishing in a T shirt and it's embarrassing for me to say this, it's my brother, sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. T shirt and sweatpants. Well, I could say I don't even own a pair of sweatpants. Yeah, I do own a pair of sweatpants. My brother was, my brother was, yeah, it was, it was embarrassing. He was, you know, as soon as the John Wayne movie was over, we were watching. I, I said bye, um, that, uh, and left. So you're in t-shirt sweatpants watching a John Wayne movie, and somebody considers that let's fishing. Get this straight, everybody. Let's, yeah, let's I don't get think that's straight. fishing. I was. Uh, yeah. in, in all seriousness, there's something very inspiring for me, and, and this will be the first fall, and it's not over. I'll be there. 
but the first fall that I've not driven through the Dakotas and the, the, the massive sea of orange that converges on the Dakotas in the fall and for particularly pheasant hunting, there's something very inspiring about that. Has that happened in the same way in 2020? No, um, I, I think what's happened there, you know, I, I actually um, seen see a few pheasant hunters around, not like the bigger groups. You know, some some family groups are still out there, which I commend them. I tell you what, uh, you know, that's the most important thing. I mean, it's not the meat. It's it's not the kill. It's it's being with your family and friends. It's the important thing. But I think. Uh, North Dakota's longer deer season. I don't know how long it is now, but it's, mm-hmm. I think it's around 20 days. Mm-hmm. It's three weeks and weekends. And, um, I, and, and so I think that, um, spreads the hunters out more, which maybe to some people would be a good thing. They're not, but you get a lot less people out there at the same time because they're like, Oh, I, I can only go during the middle of the week. I can't go during the weekend. And, and I really think that, and then also the deer aren't moving around like they were, you know, when, when there were more hunters out there, there were more deer getting pushed around, right. which, well, which now you, they just when deer moving, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. By themselves. <laughs> uh, not like the good cold. old days when you'd send your <laughs> kids out their... to round the deer up and bring them to you. <laughs> yeah. Now they're sitting in the deer stand by themselves, looking at their phone with a great big buck <laughs> underneath of them that they didn't even see. And then they go and complain about no deer. <laughs> They're probably playing a virtual deer hunting game on their phone. <laughs> hey, if you'd like to complain about that, trentloose at gmail.com. We'll take a break. Marty Beard joining us, sitting in for Hank Vogler. He'll be here on Wednesday. He'll be done mustering cows on Wednesday. More after this. For quite some time now, I've been sharing with you the advantages of looking at the genomics of these cattle, these animals. But take it from somebody who's been using Neogen and the Igenity test for more than 10 years. You really start to reap the rewards of evaluating the genomics. Mike Healy, Warland, Wyoming. There's a good payback. I changed Igenity's formulation on how it emphasized stability so that it emphasized marbling. And we've been able to, to raise our marbling percentage for, we started out, we were around 77, 78% choice. So now this this last group we finished last year's uh, 2019 steer calves finished at 92% wow. marbling where uh, we had 11% prime premium choice had 53% so we had 64% of the calves recognizing a, a, a pretty substantial premium. Full details about your future premiums at neogen.com shining a light on your genetic future. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Luce alongside Marty Beard joining us from Bicenter, North Dakota. Speaking of Hank Vogler, are you going to Nevada to hunt cats this year? Well, I certainly am, you know, and, and I was just, you said he was mustering. I was like, when did Hank go to Australia? Yeah, he's mustering. <laughs> you know, they're mustering. That's what they do in Australia. I'm like, as far as I know, you still gather cattle here. I think you've spent too much time in, he's in a, uh, Australia. He's a sheep guy. Sheep guys muster. Oh, okay. Well, I bet he he maybe musters his sheep, but I'll bet he gathers his cattle. Yeah. Well, don't ask him. Just take my word for it. 
Okay, I I always do. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, we've got some interesting. Uh, you know, I love before history. you do that. Before you do that, okay, there's, go. there's I, I have to brag on you because you you mentioned hunting with your family, and it's kind of like us and showing pigs, right? Or livestock because we show cattle too. It's all about the family interaction. But you, I have to give you major kudos. You are wonderful at finding people that may or may not be in your family, extended family, and mentoring young people about not only hunting but conservation. Because it's not about hunting. It's about management of the species and management of the ecosystem. And you're always finding some willing young person and taking them out there. Well, I think that's important, Trent, because, you know, without these young people, who's going to who's gonna carry on? Same same and that does every every good wholesome thing in america is that way now you take farming for example when you take those kids away from the farm and uh um uh and, and they're they're in the cities and and they lose that grounded uh upbringing or that uh you know it it, it it's it's that's why there's fewer and fewer it doesn't matter if it's farming if it's if it's hunting um, you know, if it's logging, uh, what, whatever aspect you have in your life, um, the, it, it's, it's just sad to see. And anytime you can involve family with anything, let's just, just, just take a, a example of wood cutting. Oh, my girls hated wood cutting. I mean, you know, I, I heated three buildings with wood, my house, my shop and my, and my, uh, fur shed. That's a lot of wood. And I mean, and I got to admit, there were times that uh, I hated cutting wood too, and it was twenty below. And but but that was a bonding uh, situation for our family, even though it was sometimes painful. Um, and uh, yeah, people need to go back in those simple. Yeah, things but you warmed up twice. Together. I helped my father-in-law get wood. Twice. Yeah. Oh, three twice. times. No, no, no. You yeah, find the wood. Least. You get warmed up moving it to yep. wherever you store it, the wood you get warmed up and then you heat it load it and then then you get warmed up carrying the ashes back out again too <laughs> it's not rocket science on why this keeps you warm it's activity exactly can you imagine the the women out on the early prairies of north dakota south dakota nebraska and kansas when 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 they ran out of buffalo dung turds whatever you want to call them uh burning that um then they actually twisted hay marsh hay or grasses they twisted them together and burnt that in the stove to cook with i mean i i've read many accounts of women twisting hay into knots to burn until their hands were bleeding right out on the prairie now that's tough I don't think, you know, it is my tough. wife is tough, but I don't think she's tough enough to twist hay, enough hay to bake a loaf of bread. Yes, she is. She just doesn't have to. See, I, I think go. that I just think you bring up a huge part of our recent history that people have lost sight of. They talk about what a bad day is today, and you don't remember just 50 years ago what people did to stay warm, what people did to compensate for not having electricity where they want it, when they want it. Just 50 years ago, Marty. And because we suck at history, we think we have bad days today. We don't have. Yeah, when you when you put it that way, Trent, 
I have a hard time remembering when I had a bad day, when I was hungry, when I was so cold that uh, you were afraid to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know somebody. I know a lot of people that have done that. When you take a look back at the people that fought for this country, like in the Revolutionary War, you know the troops that were covered in rags in the cold uh, and fighting the British. Or you know, and a friend of mine um, passed away. Now he was my coon hunting hero mentor he was the one that started me coon hunting down in oklahoma 30 some years ago he was in korea and now when you think about korea you know you i always think of that as like in the uh, same type as like vietnam or right or thailand and that that was a very cold frozen place i mean men uh, our soldiers uh fro- froze to death and froze limbs froze fingers yeah and and he said that was the hardest part of the Korean War. I mean, basically, Korean forgotten war anyway. I mean, there's so many heroes in that Korean War, and just the circumstances. It's pathetic that our veterans have been forgotten about in in all these wars. But um, the the cold in in Korea was was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think that has any any just due in our history recollections. It's because so everybody thinks on, about on the Korean wife. War through MASH. That's why. Yeah. And I'm going to go back and take that back about my wife not being tough enough. I to agree you should. Bread and, but I, I might put it out there that I sometimes wonder, I do not, I wonder if I would be tough enough to go through what our forefathers mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and our soldiers, i tell you what, I give them credit and I... I know we didn't get to talk on Veterans Day, so I'm, that's all I'm going to say about it. And that, man, I appreciate them and what they've gone through. But I, I think you are tough enough. It's just that we, we've created all of these conveniences so we don't have to be tough, and, and we've lost our our basic instincts of survival because we we live in houses that have to be seventy two degrees all the time. Holy seventy two! We don't My know. God, that's- North from south. We couldn't find the North Star if our life depended on it. Or Venus. Hey, all kids that go hunting with me yeah. know how to find That's the very first thing I teach them is where the North Star is. Right. That, that's funny you say that. I teach them how to find oh, the North Star. I have three girls that can go outside and find the North Star because the day is coming. They may need to know. Well, and, and when you go back in history and you look at these coups, you know, and when you look at a coup, and that, that when you define a coup, you know, it's a sudden, sometimes violent, but always illegal seizure of power from a government. You know, and I, I think that's our biggest um, fear that will push what we've been talking about all this morning, mm-hmm. is if this coup continues and escalates um the way it's going right now, I, I think a lot of that stuff, and just like in Russian history, I've read a lot of that. You know, the Bolsheviks, basically what they did when they took over Russia is they, they, they gained control of the media and they put out their own media propaganda. And uh, the the people of Russia, well, they were hungry. You know, I mean, they'd been through famines. They'd been through two two world wars, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, 
it, it was ripe for the picking. I mean, and you go through these coups in history. I mean, it's it's playing out just like it is in America right now. So, isn't that always the the method? Uh, the Bolsheviks, the uh, pre-Nazi Holocaust, they gain control of the media first? Well, yeah, when you control the media, I think it's very uh, obvious on how how we've been censored. You know, I mean, basically, this republic for no, which... Uh, no, we, no, 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 it's not even just being censored. It's being the people who most... Individual American citizens turn to for information are not presenting the news. They're presenting an agenda. That's totally different than being censored. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, that's the national news media. That's right. what they're doing. They're pushing out there. But, but the social media, which is two different things, the news media and social media, which unfortunately they're controlled by the same. But now you and I cannot go on, well, I can't go on Facebook at all, but, but, right. um, if I was, yeah, well, uh, I, I don't Facebook. think Hitler was a Facebooker either. No, but you and I cannot talk about what we want to. And okay, that's their agenda. That's fine. But, but, but they have come out um, time and time again, uh, um, and and that they are not for freedom of speech. That is for sure. Roll route. Hank Vogler, mustering cows. It's Marty Beard sitting in from North Dakota. We'll take a break. We'll be back with the second half right after this. Now let's talk about uh, certified Piedmontese, the opportunity to be a part of a branded beef program. Marlon Will has full details. Let's face it. We're at a point in time when you need to know exactly what you're going to get paid. Now there's not a flat set price, but there's a flat set $180 premium over the feeder calf price. That is probably profit and loss in these times that we are in. And what it involves is you using the Piedmontese genetics that Lone Creek have put together that work for cattlemen. It's working for us. It can work for you. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Lewis alongside Marty Beard joining us from Stewartsdale. Isn't it Stewartsdale? Stewart's Dale. Some people say I've been. A, they've, they've said Stewart'sville. There's no such thing as Stewart'sville in North Dakota. Stewart's Dale was a small town. Mm. I live right by. It was along the railroad. Um, in the history of it, Magnus was another town over to the west of us, and then they moved the stockyards and the elevator to Stewart's Dale in the 1900s. And there was a store here, and basically, there's like three people here now three or four right in this area and a that school. we call Stewart Sailor. Yeah, there's, well, the school is the, I mean, we still have a school in our district here, um, but it's not in Stewartsdale. Yeah, but it's in the Down region. along the highway. Yeah. It's in the region. Hey, you know. You, region, speaking like of coups, has there been a coup lately to get the president of the uh, Manning School District overthrown? Well, now that you mention it, that would be me, and yeah, there has been, but you know what? Unsuccessful, I might add. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's been a few coups around this household, too, but I've successfully put them down. Are they legal or illegal? <laughs> All right, I interrupted you when you were talking about the region. What were you going to tell me about the region? Yeah, well, uh, region, now it's not funny you say that, because that reminds me of, Another R word, the Republic. 
for which we stand. You know, and that republic for which we stand will be no more. Um, and it's moving more and more. Well, I already think it is a social democracy. But, you know, we're going to lose the original republic. And and once you get that social democracy in place, which it, I say it already is, and people learn that they can vote themselves money, which is pretty obviously happening right now. And they will keep voting themselves money until the money's all gone. You know, and then, of course, everybody with any shred of intelligence knows what comes next. And that's where we would become a, we would pseudo-communist government where they would control the money and, very importantly, the property. You know, and once the government um, gets a hold of the property, well... I mean, then it's kitty bar the door. Then the next step is to kill dissidents that don't agree with this like you and I. And, you know, you go back and see what the socialists and communists have done to these other countries. Look at them. Venezuela, Cuba, Mm -hmm. Russia, um, China. Um, They have killed all the uh, so-called... Well, they just went right down and anybody, you know, they start with anybody with a shred of intelligence um, and they take them out first. Uh, okay, so, so let's, let's face it, <laughs> you're safe. <laughs> We're both safe. Uh, all right, so let's face it, about half of the people listening, well, maybe not, they just left. Um, they think that you're just, you're blowing up something that's not even close. You can't compare Venezuela to the United States in 2020. Well, how do you How do you draw that parallel and say, this is real? Well, you can, because... When people don't believe in the Constitution anymore, which they, they've said they want to change the Constitution, they're, they're going to. And, and you know, they, they cannot just start changing the Constitution willy-nilly. You can add stuff and you can take stuff away, but, but, the, but the, the, this country without a Constitution is just another third-world country. I mean, that's what keeps, you know, and, and their biggest one is, and I always have told you this, the, the, the most important part, of of all amendments and and the bill of rights is the the second amendment without the second amendment the other ones are meaningless because uh well just look at uh what happened in in tenement square where where one gentleman stood up against the tanks and he had two plastic bags in his hand i don't know what he had maybe his his quarter loaf of quarter pound loaf of bread and and handful of soybeans that the government gives him. Maybe that's what he had in there. Um, but he stood up against the takes. He is no longer on this earth. Um, without the Second Amendment, our government, our, our freedoms mean nothing. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, but in all honesty, if he had a AR, he would not, against those tanks, he would still not be Yeah, here. if he had an AR. Right. But if... Seventy percent of the people had an AR. Yeah, that's what keeps these people at bay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, you and, and the, they love to keep people trapped in poverty. You know, I mean, when you look at these these third world countries, and and that's what this side is doing. I'm gonna just go right out and say it. They love to keep people trapped in poverty, and 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 giving them tidbits so that they keep voting for them. You know, here here's your oh. Um, we're going to give you a bridge to nowhere. We're going to give you a new park. We're going to give you 
uh, oh, oh, you, you want to be able to buy um, energy drinks and uh, uh, candy bars with your food stamps? Uh, sure, go ahead and do that. Oh, maybe you want to buy cigarettes with them, too. I don't Yeah, whatever. You know, I, I mean... It, it, okay, so along those lines, and this is a, a discussion that I got into with a friend of mine in Texas because, you know, I just got home from Texas last night. Texas... From a cow-calf standpoint, they always wrangle with Missouri for one or two in terms of total cow numbers. And then earlier in the week, I had a discussion with somebody from Indiana about a relative who was trying to grow a cattle business in Ohio. And I, I got to thinking about all this. You're going to have to bear with me because it's going to take a minute to draw this picture. So we, we've had this period of time when anybody who confines an animal was evil. And you've seen it in North Dakota. It's happened in every state where people come out against concentrated animal feeding operations and somehow CAFOs are evil. And I, I've i been fighting that fight for 20 years. I've been explaining that it's the best way to minimize the stress of the animal. It's the best way to keep the ecosystem healthy as possible where you, you have a controlled system to take the affluent, which is organic nutrients, and reapply it back to the soil and keep the cycle of life going. And in the last couple of years... All of the major global attacks have been on the cow. And if you eat beef, you're somehow contributing to environmental degradation. And I never really understood that, Marty, until the last, since the election. If you look at the United States and you look at the land that is, I'm I'm back to Texas, because from Abilene, Texas, which is 80 miles northwest of uh, Fort Worth, to Houston. Okay, that used to be fantastic cow country. And I assure you that if you take what the actual value of that land is, there is not a chance in Hades that you can afford to run a cow on it. And yet people continue to run a cow on it. You look at the east eastern Corn Belt, Indiana, Ohio. There are people that run cows on land that you cannot possibly ever pencil out running a cow on. So then that comes back to where are you going to run the cows? And the cows are going to run on land that is uh, not suitable for growing other food, not suitable for urbanization. And that comes back to West River, North Dakota, the Great Plains of America and the unpopulated areas, and the land that Hank musters cattle on, the federal lands. One-third of the U.S. ownership, land ownership is a, is a government. And so this whole attack on the cow has nothing to do with eating beef. It has everything to do with what you just said, controlling the property. It's been about how can we control the property. We plant a negative stigma about cows, and people will turn their nose at beef and ultimately create this control aspect for us. That sounds like it's way out there. That's what's happened. You can verify that is what's happening. Well, you're exactly right, Trent. I mean, they have cherry-picked their science um, to for their agenda. They, any anything that uh, that you say that you can go to them, they will not allow you to. It'll it'll be it'll be squashed. You know, you we have the real science, and that doesn't matter if it's uh, global warming. Um, Cattle. I mean, you know, people want to talk about science. It's a scientific fact that beef is the most nutrient dense food in the world. Mm-hmm. 
there there are more nutrients and, and people like to say oh my vegetables have more. no that is a, that is a false scientific statement made by some looney tunes against the beef industry beef is most nutrient dense food that there is look it up if you don't believe me yeah no but, you're spot on you know they pick and choose their science um, to fit their agenda and when we, when we try such a thing as even putting it out there as as real science well we're labeled the nutcases and, and by the way when well, i'm talking yeah. about regions uh eastern colorado is a prime example i mean that that's perfect it's ideal for a rumen to take eastern colorado and turn it into the essentials of life and yet look at the political stigma that cattlemen had to deal with from Denver and Boulder and Colorado. It's just all part of the big plan, and we don't see how it's so cohesively put together and strategic. Somebody organized this. Label me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but somebody organized this effort, and the U.S. or the, uh, uh, I'm using my air quotes here, Marty, so make sure that you create that visual. The Biden-Harris transition team released their vision of the USDA last week, last week on Monday, within a week of the election. And you read this thing, and it's like I I sent Gary Bays, who's the coordinator of the Trump Ag Advisory Committee, he sent it out to the entire committee. I sent him back a note, and I said, "Uh, Gary, this is pretty detailed. This didn't just happen in the last six days. They've been working on it for two years. This has been in the works for two years or more, maybe longer. Trent, this People whole need to wake thing up. that we're going through, this whole thing that we're going through has been in the works for over two years. I mean, this, I this coup, and I'm just going to call that. So, you know, and if you don't believe in the Constitution, you don't believe in the Second Amendment, which is part of the Constitution, you don't believe that, um, that our Christian, and I'm going to capitalized Christian forefathers were on the right road. Um, if you believe we should keep people trapped in poverty so they can get their quarter pound of bread and soybeans a day, um, and if you are anti-law enforcement and uh, approve of rioting and looting, and you, and you believe in this sex education agenda that they're pushing, I mean, oh my gosh, I tell you what, our little kids are in danger is it any wonder why child trafficking is, is record numbers? Well, why isn't anybody talking about all the uh, child trafficking arrests that have been made in the last six months? I think that should be a, a number one story. Yeah, you have. I know you have. I yeah. know. Uh, you know and, uh, and, hang and on. They, hang on. Child trafficking. Yeah. When we get back with the last segment of Rural Route, by the way, some of what we are talking about today comes to you on the stand at Paxton County, a forest films production that you can view on Netflix. It gets dark early now. Take an hour and 40 minutes to watch the stand at Paxton County. It'll open your eyes to what we're talking about here today. Last segment with Marty Beard after this. Welcome back to Rural Route. Trent Luce, Marty Beard into the last segment. And uh, I'm going to take him back to the sex trafficking child trafficking which are one and the same but before we do i've have a theme for this week and my theme is being thrown out there to inspire those that are just sitting by idly waiting to see what happens just just to decide which horse am i going to bet on i'm going to wait till we get to the finish line before i bet edmund burke (laughs) he said and i cannot say this loud enough 
the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Too many good men and women are doing nothing. Don't sit back and wait to see which horse is going to get to the finish line first. Stand up for freedom and the Constitution today. I heard over the weekend in my driving that California is doing sex education in first grade. Do you believe that to be true? Oh, I, I know it's true. And I think they, um, you know, North Dakota, we're still a little bit uh, in control here. But, but the North Dakota has given money. And I, and I will get you the information. Our governor has, has allocated money to Planned Parenthood to develop a sex education. Now, I don't want a, a, uh, a pro-abortion agency, um, pro-homosexual agency, um, coming up with a selling baby parts agency, coming up with a sex education program for my kids. I'm like, what is wrong with our governor? I mean, and, and I'll get you the facts on that. That will be coming out. I'll tell you what, it's, it's, and, and any legislator in North Dakota that support this is going to be on the block. I'll tell you that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing what, uh, isn't it funny how when you, uh, six months ago, when we were talking about the cabal and, and all pe- people were calling us, oh my gosh, those guys are over the top. They're nuts that people aren't doing this type of thing. Now, all, I mean, hundreds of kids have been saved from these child uh, sex trafficking rings. And where's the where's the news on that? Why why aren't they reporting that? That's what I'd like to know. Well, there's a special place in hell for people that uh, think that there's anything normal about this. I I really can't understand myself. No matter what your political stands, how can you turn a blind eye? to this this pedophile ring which is clearly global now and and we're putting a dent in it when we've had arrest month after month how do you turn a blind eye to that as somebody who's supposedly in the news business well it doesn't fit their agenda Trent. i mean they, they it, know. It, it is violation of a kid i know yeah life you know, what, what do you think life means to these people? I mean, life doesn't mean anything to these people. It doesn't matter if it's a, a an unborn child. It doesn't matter if it's a 10-year-old child. It doesn't matter if it's a 14-year-old child. It doesn't matter. Uh, um, many, many examples of, of, of the uh, elderly being um, left, not... not sexually abused but but just i mean look what's happening with covid elderly how many people old people are suffering right now um alone in a in a eight by eight room with no contact to their family what what kind of suffering is that for our elderly it's pathetic yeah well it's about to get worse you saw what governor kate brown said that um Anybody who violates the order of no more than six people uh, from two families, including Thanksgiving, will be arrested and jailed and possible $1,250 fine. You know, and, and I just think everybody knows your and I's stance on law enforcement. I mean, we are 110% behind good local law enforcement. And, and any, I, I just think it's horrible 
that that our government, their failure, our mm-hmm. government's failure, um, and we elected them, um, has has led to our law enforcement now having to um, go up against such a thing. I mean, you know, the law enforcement, uh, a lot of law enforcement around here that I know, and I have a lot of really good, really good guys that are my friends, and they say, well, we're not going to enforce anything. We're not. But the problem is they're put between a rock and a hard place that they should never, ever be. They, they actually become the judge and jury on what people are doing. You know, that's not their job. Their job is to arrest bad people. And mm-hmm. people meeting for Thanksgiving are not bad people. Well, I just can't get out of my head the statement that Kate Brown made when she said, we will stop the virus. You remember her making that statement? Well, I remember you talking about it, yeah. And and so while people are thinking about coronavirus, this was in, what year was that? 2015. And she was talking about Lavoie Finnegan. And she actually basically ordered a a hit and a murder on Lavoie Finnegan, and somebody carried it out. But her statement was, we will stop the virus. And was talking about a movement towards freedom being the virus that's who we're talking about here yeah and i i think everybody that listens to your show i mean uh has a really really good idea or else they wouldn't be listening right. i mean they would they would have quit listening to you long ago yeah. and uh um, well so i think there's a huge but, core of people but, that are sick of this i know but we need to um get more people in the mix Instead of the same 12 of us getting in a room and agreeing on the problem. Yep. Yeah, we can only sit around and stare at each other and nod our heads for so long. <laughs> then we have to do something. And that includes going, you know, our, our very small government, like our county commissions, our city commissions. Um, we need to go there and let these people know you are elected and you will do our will. You yeah. will do the will of the people. And the will of the people is not what's going around at county, at city levels, county levels, state levels, or this great United States of America. The will of the people is not, well, the will of the people is being squished. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, you remember my quote, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Exactly. You know, and if you cannot go out there's the um and uh we've had two support trump rallies now and uh the first time um there were probably 400 people there we met at the state capitol and then saturday now i'm not on social media so i don't i heard about it late and i got there um in the nick of time and there were only like 25 and i know it's busy time of the year and people and and there are people that that are afraid of the virus but but you know i mean we need to if you cannot go someplace if if something limits you, health, um, it, it, you can at least call your legislators, call your elected officials, all the way down to the county commission. Tell them you don't want any of this BS, um, and you're not going to stand for it, and you're not going to comply with it. You know, if one person doesn't comply, they arrest them or shoot them, okay? Yeah. But if 500 people don't arrest or comply... Then they start listening. Well, that's what I see happening in Oregon, by the way. 
I see a, a ton of people talking about we're going to show up in groups with our families and just beg them to arrest us. Yep. Well, at the end of the well, day, I'm, I'm you firm... must be vigilant or you're not going to like what happens. Yep. You know, and, and I, I always take my, I made a new sign, and my new sign says, give me Trump or give me death. Mm-hmm. That's what this means to me. And one guy told me, one guy walked up to why, me. Why, I said, got a question be... before you talk about that one guy. Why wouldn't you just leave it, give me liberty or give me death? Cause Trump re- well, because Trump represents liberty. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had to change it up for the occasion. Okay? Oh, to get people's and, and attention what, what so that just think... one guy would come and talk to you? No, there were several of them. But, All right, but the one guy say? told me, be careful of you wish, what you wish for. And I, I looked at him and I said, what do you think any of our forefathers would have done if, if, uh, if somebody had said that to them? Do you think that they would have just... Oh, you know what? I better go home. I better just go yeah. home and forget about this. We wouldn't be a free country right now. We need, we surely don't need Biden. I'll tell you that. We need to keep uh, going. Uh, he, Trump may do, not be the answer I, to everything, but he's the answer to uh, stop what's going on. Do I need to give you a little history lesson here? 83% of the people in the revolution did go home and put their head in their pillow, <laughs> hoping it would just go away. Not me. Not my friend Trent Luce, and not of all, not not a lot of the people that are listening yeah. to your show, because I think that there's a lot more freedom lovers out there well, than, what, than we think. It's time to get loud. It's time to get loud, respectful, and make sure that people hear us. All right, one minute. What's your profound parting wisdom today? <laughs> okay, my profound wisdom is going to tell you this: if you don't feel patriotic, if you're like, oh, what can we do anyway? And you're down in the dumps. Turn on Charlie Daniels in America. I feel it's one of the all-time greatest hits in the world. And listen to Charlie Daniels in America over and over and over until your freedom spirit is so rallied that you call all your legislators and you show up at the next support Trump rally and uh, let your... Let your feelings be known. There will be more. Oh, you can bet. Yeah. And there better be. Like I said, the republic for which we stand will be gone. Gone. All the hard work of all our soldiers, all of our forefathers, all the time they spent in the trenches, um, in the ice cold, in in the searing heat for the freedoms of this country will have been for nothing. Yeah, I don't I th- want my American heroes, soldiers, to have died and to have fought for nothing. And I don't think anybody does. What's the Charlie Daniels song called again? My Beautiful America? <laughs> no, In America. In America? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Marty, Marty. Put that on up my... on your social media. Well, you could put it on Facebook. No, I can't. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That didn't work out so good for you, did it? You were banned long before it was cool to be banned. You're a pioneer. <laughs> yeah. I was banned before banned was cool. All right. I pulled it up. Charlie Daniels in America. Marty, he's joined us on a Monday, sitting in for Hank Volger. Hank will be here on Wednesday. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. 
Marty and myself both remind you that all roads do lead to a roar out. Stewartsdale, North Dakota. That was kind of... That's all I know, folks, and that's not in America. <laughs> Always getting the last word, Marty Beard, certified Piedmontese. I'm going to fool you. Yeah, I get the last word. Lone Creek Cattle Company, working for the cattleman and the consumer and putting you in the middle where you belong. LoneCreekCattleCo.com.